Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more. Hello, everyone. Tina here. Always so grateful to be with you. I wanted to share with you today, it is a solo episode. First of all, thank you so much for tuning in for the last seven weeks of Trouble to Triumph. I had six amazing women and then the bonus episode of Good Grief App. Please go ahead if you've missed any of the episodes, they're so valuable. So many women shared their vulnerable story. And then the bonus episode, Good Grief App, is an app created by two women going through their own loss and now they're paying it forward by helping others. So go check out the Good Grief App. I have to tell you that between this episode that you're going to hear and the first episode of the Reiki Awareness, there's been many weeks in between. So I want to catch you up to date. You'll notice that the episode you're going to hear today is from a recent Facebook Live. Now, I was doing a awareness of Reiki and I was doing a four-part series. In the four-part series, it was running one after the other on my Facebook group. So if you've missed any of that and you want to watch the video, just go ahead. And if you're not a member, I will gladly invite you in. It's the Intuitive Woman Facebook group. There is a time difference between the first episode that went and aired April 23rd to today. So you will hear me say, oh, in last week's episode, we spoke about awareness of Reiki and what Reiki is. And in this week, we're speaking about the chakras. So if you want to listen to the episode that I'm referring to, it is the April 23rd episode. Today is the Facebook Live, and you will hear this episode talking about the chakras. And it again is a Facebook Live, so I tried to keep it as much of a lecture format and not so much of giving and taking questions and answers. There's a lot of information in this, and I do feel it's very important for me to share it on the podcast. So even though there are some weeks between the first one and the second one, I'm going to go ahead in the next two weeks and share the next two as well, because there was four in total. So any questions on Reiki, I'm hoping that these Reiki Awareness Facebook Lives will cover them. You can always reach out to me on my Facebook group, my Facebook page. They're by the same name, The Intuitive Woman. And you can also just email me because there are a lot of people that are really unsure what Reiki is. Just go ahead and email me, tinaconroy111 at gmail.com. And I hope you enjoy it. Share the love of Reiki. Perhaps you're learning more about it. And if you ever want to learn more, just you know where to find me. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Reiki blessings to all on this beautiful day. I hope this finds you well, wherever you are, wherever you are listening, if you're listening live or later on the broadcast. I am so glad to be here with you, always glad to be here with you to share the beautiful benefits and questions and lots of different benefits, emotional, physical, spiritual benefits of Reiki. I always like to begin with clearing our space, so I will clear the space here and for all of us on the broadcast today. And I will be clearing the space with Sage, like I did last week as well. Thank you all so much for joining me last week and also for the feedback 
of not only the Facebook Live, but the podcast. So I was able to have not only the Facebook Live, but also used it as the podcast as well so that everybody can listen to the beautiful, amazing benefits of Reiki. So just let's all take a moment here as I burn the sage for all of us to burn away anything that is holding us back and to bring in some intentions. Go ahead and close your eyes if you can. Take a nice, long, slow, deep breath in and exhale away. And today we call upon the Reiki masters. We call upon Dr. Asui, Dr. Hayashi, Mrs. Takata, and all the Reiki masters for this beautiful lineage and this beautiful energy. If you have any personal intentions at this time, feel free to place them. You can say them in your mind or you can say them out loud and we will offer them up. Place your hands on your heart center. And as you place your hands on your heart center, feel the connection to your heart center, this place of love and this place of compassion. This is our fourth shocker where we feel love and feel compassion. Take a deep breath into that beautiful space and exhale away. And then just slowly coming back to the room. Well, hello everyone and welcome again. I wanted to start today, not only with clearing our space, but also with pulling a card. So I'm going to be pulling the cards from Wisdom of the Oracle. These are the cards that I pull mostly on Friday at Live at 5 in this group. And I'm going to just go ahead and shuffle the cards. This is a fantastic card, is the card Higher Power. And it is the number four, which tends to be one of my spiritual numbers, the number four in Higher Power. So really a beautiful card. Thank you, Spirit. And thank you, Reiki Masters, for this. This is Higher Power. So as we come together, we're reminded to connect to our Higher Power. We're connected to connect we're reminded to connect to our spirit. And as we come together today and we learn more and more about Reiki, maybe there are some questions that you have and we're going to dive in a little bit about the chakras. So if you're coming aboard, I will open up and ask for some questions and answers. But at the moment, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, go ahead and just start our lesson as we talk about, as we talk about Reiki. So last week we spoke about Reiki's benefits. We talked about the benefits of Reiki physically. We spoke about the benefits of some of the benefits emotionally, and we spoke about what Reiki was. Now this week we're going to get into what is Reiki and the chakras and what is the connection of Reiki and the chakras. Now I will go through the chakras and the chakras, there are more than seven chakras, but majority of people uh, know or have heard about the seven main chakras. So we will be talking about the seven main chakras. When you receive a Reiki treatment, the Reiki practitioner has particular hand positions that they use that begin with the top of the head, as I mentioned last week, and end with the bottom of the feet. Now, it can change from Reiki practitioner to Reiki practitioner, but for the most part, they stay along that line of energy, starting with the head and ending with the feet. Now, intuitively, as you work with a Reiki practitioner, he or she may find that they want to linger longer in certain areas, or maybe there is an area that they may add on to, such as maybe the shins or 
under the knees, even though they may not be in a particular sequence, the intuition really kicks into where the energy is needed. And it's always for higher good and always from source. So I get this question a lot and I'll kind of just get to that right now. We are not as Reiki practitioners giving anybody our energy. This is vital force energy. This is energy that's already within the recipient's body. And the person giving it is using it from universal life force energy. So I'm not giving you, if you get a Reiki treatment with me, any bad energy or anything that is uncomfortable. It is from higher source. So the Reiki treatment begins with the top of the head and ends with the feet approximately, and it can change. It could be as little as 10 minutes. It can be as long as 45 minutes or an hour. And it really just depends on the person and the session and where you are and where you're comfortable. It can be administered lying down or it can be administered seated, really anywhere it can be administered. And we will, in the other classes, get you Reiki with pets and Reiki with plants and Reiki with trees. You can go about and Reiki anything um, that you that you'd like, any living living being. Uh, we also Reiki crystals, um, many things, plants, and we'll get to that as well. So as we move through Reiki, and we're going to talk about today the chakras, Reiki works on the chakras. And what's interesting to me is I will get more often, I really need my chakras balanced, or I was told that my particular chakra is out of balance. Do you do chakra balancing? And I have to chuckle to myself just a little bit because Reiki works on the chakras. Obviously, it works on more than the chakras, but it works on that sort of flow of the chakras. So it's sort of interesting when someone asks for a chakra balancing and they're asking for Reiki, and it's kind of like one in the same. Now, there is energy field and there are all of that as well, but we pretty much work on 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 that level. So it's interesting when someone is asking specifically for a chakra balance as if it's completely different than a Reiki treatment. So let's kind of go through what a chakra is and also go through what and how, what each chakra is. So for some of you, this could be completely repetitive. For others, this may be new information. So the chakras, and I'm going to read a little bit to you. Um, the chakras are what they would say, they're centers of energy. There are more than seven, but we work with the seven main chakras. And they call them centers. You may hear them as wheels. You may hear them as vortex. And they're they're in our body, they're not something that you can see. So right off the bat, it's not like if we had to, you know, open our body, we're not going to see a chakra, but the chakras are in our body and they hold energy and they hold information, physical information, emotional information, spiritual information, and they can be in balance or out of balance. Or sometimes you may hear they are open or they are closed, right? So open and closed or balanced or imbalanced again are kind of interchangeable words. Now, when these seven major energy centers in our body, um, they directly correlate, like I said, to the physical body, and they are kind of stacked together, one on top of the other. There is some space in between to the central column from the crown of our head, like I mentioned, to the base of our spine. And that is what we talked about with Reiki. I broke down the word last week, 
key is that vital force energy. And that's what we want flowing through our chakras from the top of the head to the feet and kind of flowing through. The chakras also, when you see a picture, sometimes you'll just see a dot or a circle on the body, but it is three-dimensional. So remind yourself when you see any pictures of chakras or the per- person that it isn't just on the front of the body or the back of the body. It goes through the entire body. So it is three-dimensional. And then we work with these energies to integrate um, all the aspects of our life for a very holistic, for holistic life and holistic being. And each chakra has many different properties. So I'll go over the chakras briefly. I could probably spend many, many, many sessions on this, but briefly, we'll start with the first chakra. So I'm actually going to be going in reverse of the way that you would normally get a Reiki treatment. Again, you get a Reiki treatment from the top of your head all the way down to your feet. So you're starting with the seventh chakra and ending with the base chakra. But I'm going to explain the chakras starting with one and ending with seven. And I'll be checking the broadcast if there's any questions as well. So if you do have questions, you can leave them in the post and then I will come back to them. So let's begin with the first chakra. The first chakra is at the base of the spine. Now remember, it again is three-dimensional. It's not just a spot on the spine. And it is the color red. It is your root chakra. It is your grounding chakra. And the root chakra is your stability. It's your base. It's your tribe it could be based in your belief system or your religion. And it's, it's kind of that earthy tone. It's earth. And the root chakra is really about being connected to the earth, uh, connected again to family, tribe, community, support. Again, maybe even religious components, right? Now, when the first chakra is balanced, we're feeling pretty good. We're feeling secure. We're feeling connected to all of these things in our life. But when the first chakra is out of balance or closed, right? So open and closed again is interchangeable. Then we can feel fear. We can be um, spacey or ungrounded. You'll hear sometimes people saying, I need to be grounded. So that may be they need more work in their first chakra. Also, first chakra has some physical ailments. So first chakra, people that are suffering with first chakra, maybe things of support or lack of money, they'll have lower back issues or maybe even kidney issues because that's where we hold our fear. So first chakra is really support, connection, and it's the earth. It's like being part of something. As we move up the body from the base of the spine, we're going to move up to the second chakra, which is right under the belly button, right under the navel, right right about there. Now, the second chakra is the color orange, and it's the sacral chakra. And the sacral chakra is all about creativity, sexuality, and expression. Uh, for women, obviously, it's creativity because they can birth children, birth babies. Um, and men, fertility, right? Women and men, fertility, creation. It's also creation of life. And it's also creation of projects. It's also the feeling of sexuality. So not necessarily the act of sex, uh, although it could be like the libido, but it's also feeling sexy and feeling good and, and feeling, um, feeling beautiful. And so some second chakra, and there's many, I'm just touching upon them, some second chakra issues or people that may have some blocked with second chakra or closed would be things like frigidity, 
Um, it could be uh, from men impotence. It may be things such as low confidence, um, not feeling very creative. Um, other second chakra things could be uh, things such as ailments, such as uh, miscarriages or fibroids for women. Um, other things for men, like um, uh, different things in the second chakra and the reproductive organs. And so that's our second chakra. So if you have any questions, again, just go ahead and write it in the post and then I'll, I'll get back to them. And again, this is a very brief explanation. There are many different authors and many uh, deep discussions on the chakras. We're going to move up to the third chakra. And the third chakra is in around your belly. It's around your navel. The third chakra is your solar plexus. And this is the color yellow like the sun. And just like the sun gives us power and energy and strength and vitality, this is the solar plexus. The solar plexus is our power source. It connects us to power. It connects us to um, feeling alive and uh, standing up for ourselves, uh, things like that. So solar, solar plexus, very, you know, control. Now, when the solar plexus is out of alignment or out of balance or closed, you could have physical sensations in the stomach. So it could be things such as IBS or stomach issues, things along that nature. Also, you may be a very, you may not uh, feel that you can stand up for yourself or, um, you know, have control in your life. Perhaps there's someone in your life or a situation that's controlling you and you feel very out of control. You don't feel like that you can uh, handle it or control it. Um, and you're feeling very unstable. If you think about your solar plexus, it's your core, right? So that's our core. It's sort of like if you think of the sun and then we have the spokes outward. So that's the strength. A strength is another thing of the solar plexus. And then we're going to move up to the heart chakra. Now, the heart chakra is the fourth chakra. And they always say the fourth chakra is the bridge between the upper chakras and the lower chakras. And the fourth chakra is the heart chakra. It is the color green. And it is a place of love and compassion for yourself and for others. It's also for a place of when uh, for us forg forgiving. So love and compassion forgiving. Um, sometimes when the heart chakra is closed or unbalanced, there may be a lot of heartbreak. There could be loss. There could be betrayal. If we don't forgive and we hold resentment, that's a lot of work in the heart chakra. Very big chakra. A, a lot of people are always working with the heart chakra. It's a very feeling uh, as you can kind of sense, if you can just take a moment, we feel a lot in our heart. We feel love, we feel sadness, we can feel fear, like anxiety, things like that. So if you're a person that feels a lot, you may feel a lot in, in this part of your body, in the, in the heart chakra. And then moving up to the throat chakra, this is the color blue. And this is how we speak. This is interpretations of speak. It's communication, communication and how we speak to others, communication, how we speak to ourselves. It's also like singing and public speaking and, and, um, you know, speaking like I'm talking to you going kind of on air and, and things like that. It's also about speaking up for ourselves. So being authentic. Uh, it also has the quality of trust. So trust is a big part of, of the chakra. 
And then we're going to move up to the sixth chakra. This is Ajna, also called in Sanskrit. And it's the sixth chakra, which is the third eye. And this is the eye that we don't see. This is the eye between our two physical eyes. And this, uh, this color is normally indigo. It can be changed violet or indigo. And it is about clairvoyance. It is all about where your dreams are. Your intuition uh, lies here. Uh, your intuitive abilities are here. And um, it is connected a little bit to the gut. So we have that gut intuitive feeling and we also have the intuition here. And then we have the crown, the crown chakra. And the crown chakra, again, I see it as clear white light. Uh, some people can see it as violet. Uh, violet and indigo can change between the sixth and seventh. And the crown is where we're connected. We are connected to source, uh, whatever you call that, connected to universe, connected to source, connected to God, that there is something bigger and greater than us. Um, and that is a connection there. So those are the main chakras. Um, and I guess what I would go back to for the sixth chakra, if that chakra is closed, it would be fear of maybe tapping into your intuition, or it could be that we all dream, but you don't remember your dreams or you don't trust your intuition. So that could be the unbalance of, of that chakra. And then the crown chakra, really the, if it was closed or unbalanced would be really to have no connection to source. We pulled our first card, the card, higher power. And that would be if someone really didn't have any connection. Um, they had no belief system. They didn't believe that they were here or there was, uh, you know, a higher source or higher purpose. Um, people that are maybe atheists that have no you know, no belief system, um, their crown could be, could be closed, uh, or off balance. So that's a little bit of the chakras. If you have any questions, uh, please let me know. So I want to move a little bit to as we move through the chakras. So, so in a treatment, as I kind of circle back in a treatment with the chakras, the Reiki practitioner starts with the top of the head. Again, we're moving through from the seventh chakra down and we move the energy through the chakras and through the whole body, really, um, out and through so that the body is comfortable and the body is balanced uh, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So remember, it works on all, all the levels. There are, again, just a reminder that it is hands-on or hands-slightly off, but there is no massage. There is no manipulation of tissue. Um, that is not a Reiki treatment. If you're getting a Reiki treatment and this person is moving their hands a lot or stroking, uh, that's something that they chose to do, or perhaps they're a massage therapist and they're doing that as well. But a traditional Reiki treatment is slightly off the body or gently touching the body without any movement at all only moving from one position to another. I get the question a lot, how how long does the rock practitioner stay in each spot? And that can change. It can be up to as little as five minutes. It could be a little bit longer. And it just depends on what is going on and the practitioner intuitively guided where their hands will go. There is a protocol that was designed. And although I'm sure over many, many years of this lineage, it has changed, but it, there is a protocol for specific places to go. And some practitioners follow that and some practitioners don't. But I would say for the most part, no matter where you've learned Reiki, that you start with the head and end with the feet or start with the top of the body and end with the, the, bottom, the, the bottom of the body. So I want to jump into a little bit about healing relationships, Reiki and relationships. 
I get a lot of people coming to me. And matter of fact, I get mostly women coming to me. It just happens to be, not that I won't see men. And it a lot of the focus lately has been about relationships. Relationships with their partner, relationship with their husband, relationship with their boss or their sisters or their brothers. But relationships are very... Um, can be really challenging. And right now in the work that I'm seeing, a lot of people are struggling with relationships. So I thought it was important to talk about this point today about Reiki and relationships and how could Reiki help relationships. So if you have any questions on that, go ahead and just post. So I'm going to go ahead and just talk about Reiki and relationships and how does, how does Reiki help with the relationships that we have in our life. So because Reiki allows us to become very calm and stress-free and allow those benefits to move the energy through the body and release the blocks, we also have an ability to be very clear, to get very clear, to get very centered. And what I like to say is have a lot of clarity. So Reiki brings you a sense of clarity. It allows us to step back a bit from the situation and observe it as an observer, rather be in it. So when you are faced with trouble in a relationship, it isn't going to give you the answer to stay or to go, but maybe give you clarity on how to find your way in the relationship. It gives us a little grace and it gives us a little space. When you receive the Reiki treatment, your body's in such a nice relaxed state and the energy is flowing through that then when you take that practice off the mat, especially if you're practicing Reiki and self-healing, which we'll speak about, you have the awareness to be the observer and to observe all your relationships. So your relationship with your animals, your relationships with your partner, your relationship with yourself, it's such a big one. And Reiki allows us to come into a place of clarity and relationship. I want to go a little deeper into this regarding relationships. So give me one minute. I just want to go back. And I want to talk a little bit more about relationships because like I said, there's a lot coming up right now with relationships. Okay. And I think it's really this time that we're all questioning what's going on and where do we want to be in this moment? So not only does Reiki give us more information uh, regarding clarity, it also allows us, like I said, to be neutral. Oh, that's so funny. There's Laura. Laura saying neutrality. Yes, it allows us to have neutrality. Neutrality is a big word. Stepping back, being the observer, being neutral to it, stepping out of the situation. I always like to think of it as a bird's eye view. 
So when we're down in, if we are on the earth and we're in the, the hub of everything, but then if you went up into a flying carpet or if you even went up into a plane and looked down, the situation doesn't look so bad. All of a sudden, imagine when you're on a plane and you look down and the people are small and the trees are small. You're not there anymore. You're above it. You're above it all. And that's the phrase people use, get a bird's eye view or get above it all. And when you come out of the situation and you look down, you're away from it. You're disconnected a bit. So you have neutrality. Uh, Chrissy is saying, I do Reiki on my husband regularly, and I've noticed we both are even more connected and calm. Yes, it creates this connection and calm, especially if there is a Reiki practitioner or there's even Reiki in in the home. So this is another really important part. Mrs. Takata spoke a lot about this in one of the Reiki masters. If every home had one Reiki practitioner, just one, then how beautiful life would be. Because as each person goes back to their home, and no matter what, who's in your home, if you have children or not children, if you're married, not married, if you have, you know, fur babies as your pets, you know, as your children. So your home, you bring Reiki into your home and that's creating this beautiful loving effect, this, this beautiful effect. And as Chrissy is saying, she's, Reiki 2 practitioner, and she has uh, given treatments to her husband who is well, well receiving it. And they both are more connected and calm. So they're able to share that together. Even if you are not a Reiki practitioner, but you've received a Reiki treatment, you can take that into your practice and use it for your relationships because you felt the sense of clarity. You felt some felt the sense of calm. You have maybe moved through, the energy has moved through some of the chakras that were blocking you. Maybe there was resentment there, or maybe you had a hard time forgiving. And when those chakras are released and the energy is moved, there's more space for love and there's more space for peace. So that's how I see the relationships and and Reiki working really well with relationships. So as I have, it looks like I have Laura and Chrissy out there. Thank you guys for tuning in. Do you have any questions or comments? I know you are both Reiki 2 practitioners, and I think it might be a great idea for me to kind of step into that as well, the levels of Reiki. So I'm going to go ahead and, and do that as well. So there are three levels of Reiki. Uh, some people consider four levels of Reiki. The first level of Reiki, this is in the Sui lineage. That's the lineage that I am trained under. So there are three levels of Reiki, but most people will think there's four. And I'll tell you what that means. The first level of Reiki is Reiki one. And the first level of Reiki is for, and first of all, Reiki is for everybody. So you don't have to be special to take Reiki. You don't have to be psychic to take Reiki. You just have to have the uh, want to learn this system and anybody can, even children. So right off the bat, Anybody can be a Reiki one practitioner or even more. I get that a lot also. People will say, oh, I'm really great. I have really great energy. I'm going to be a great Reiki master. And you may have really great energy, but so does everybody else. So really, you you just have to have that want to do it and want to learn. And then, of course, you need the practice. We have to continue to practice. 
So let's start with Reiki 1. So Reiki 1 is the first level of Reiki. Anybody can take it. Normally, I'll, I'll actually speak for me. It is a five to six hour course. It may happen in a full day or over two days. Like right now, I am actually administering a Reiki 2 course. There was uh, last night and tonight. We'll wrap it up. And a Reiki 2 is the second level but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go back to Reiki 1. Reiki 1 is the first level of, of Reiki. Reiki 1 is self-care and self-healing. Reiki 1 is learning the 12 hand positions that were passed down in the lineage. And they are also about learning Reiki, the history, the benefits for yourself, giving yourself self-treatment and giving yourself family, friends, pets. So the first level of Reiki is so important because we need the first level if we even want to go on to the other levels. And also you don't have to go on to the other levels. Some people, actually majority of people take Reiki one for themselves and really have no desire to move on to other levels, which is absolutely fine. It is not this type of protocol where you have to go from level to level to level. It's where you are in your spiritual growth and where you feel you want to be. So right off the bat, there's no judgment. I've had people that have done Reiki 1 and six years later decided to do Reiki 2. And I have had people do Reiki 1 and 2 and never move on to Reiki Master. So that being said, it's the right place at the right time and divine timing. So Reiki 1, you learn the 12 hand positions for yourself. There are 12 healing positions for yourself. And I'm going to go over them a little bit. So bear with me. So the 12 or there's a little bit more than 12 healing positions. I'll do some of them. And we do self-healing. We learn self-healing in Reiki 1. And once you are Reiki attuned, you are always Reiki attuned. It doesn't go away. I get that as well. Well, I did Reiki 1 a couple of years ago, but I think that I don't have the Reiki anymore. You have the Reiki. It's within you. You have the attunement. You receive the vibration of Reiki. You just have to use it, right? So it's just like going to the gym or it's just like riding a bike. Once you get back on, your body will remember how to ride it. Once you start running your energy the Reiki will intensify. So in Reiki 1, you learn the 12 hand positions. The first position is over the eyes. The second position is on the top of the head. Then you have behind the head. We wouldn't go this fast, but I'm just showing you. Then you have the throat, the heart, the rib cage, lower down to the belly, the navel. There are some back positions, and that's over the back, behind where your bra strap is or mid-back, lower back, and then very, very lower back, add the knees and add the feet. Now that whole session could take 15 minutes, it could take longer, but it's self-care and is something that everyone should do once they have attended a Reiki one. So Reiki one again is for yourself. It's self-care, self-healing for yourself, for your family, for your pets, for your friends. So let's talk about Reiki 2. So Reiki 2 is a second level of Reiki training. And in Reiki 2, you are focusing now where Reiki 1 is the physical part of, of the Reiki. You're now stepping into the emotional part, the harmonizing part. In Reiki 2, you 
are learning symbols, the Reiki symbols, and you're also learning distant healing. So in Reiki 2, you learn three symbols. This is traditionally taught. And you learn symbols so that you can use the Reiki symbols not only in a treatment, but you can use them in different situations. Uh, the three different symbols that you are taught is the power symbol, the healing and harmonizing symbol, and the distant healing symbol. So there's three symbols that you learn. And you are taught to, with a teacher, with your Reiki master teacher, you are taught how to draw them, how to see them, and how to use them in very different, uh, in different situations. So for example, if you're driving down the street and there is a car accident, you can sign different symbols to that accident. Or perhaps you're going on a trip and before you get there, you're going to send the distant healing symbol ahead of you for, uh, for peace and harmony and protection. Let's say you're having difficulty in a relationship. You can sign the second second symbol to help with emotional issues and, and harmonizing. And then as a Reiki practitioner, the person who's giving the Reiki treatment to someone, they sign the symbols over the appropriate area that the person may need. And then we come to Reiki 3. Now, Reiki 3 is also called Reiki Master. And in Reiki 3, you now step into another vibration of Reiki and you learn two more symbols, sometimes three, three more symbols. You learn the master symbol and you also are now stepping into the world of Reiki, the, the, the taking on Reiki as your life. As Reiki Master, you have chosen that this is now part of your life. You're living Reiki, you're breathing Reiki, you live Reiki, and um, you are probably wanting to move into giving Reiki to, to others, creating Reiki circles, um, having a Reiki business, having a healing business with or without other modalities. So if you're a massage therapist, you could be also a Reiki master. You could just be a Reiki master. I don't mean just, but a Reiki master. You could work with other people and begin to do this as a holistic business, as a spiritual business. And then there's Reiki master teacher. So that's why sometimes people see it as four levels. Reiki master teacher and Reiki master are two different things. Reiki master is, is someone who administers Reiki to someone. Reiki master teacher teaches Reiki for that person to give Reiki. So I kind of think of it like the yoga teacher. There's a yoga teacher, you take her class, she teaches you yoga. And then there's a yoga teacher who teaches you how to teach yoga to people, okay? And a lot of people, I would say I have less and less people that I have trained that want to be Reiki master teachers only because I think it's a very big commitment and they're they're happy with either Reiki 2 or Reiki master. And there is a very different level of commitment to want to be a Reiki master teacher, wanting to teach this, wanting to work with people, wanting to work with people's auras and work with the symbols and, and teach and step into that. So it's, it's all a beautiful process. You don't have to start with one and end in Reiki master teacher. There is time and space for it all. And when you're ready, uh, it is divine timing. It is always the right time. 
Laura said, it took so long to internalize the distant healing symbol, but now I use it frequently. Yes, I know that. So it does. The symbols take time. And just when you start to take on the teachings of Reiki and learn Reiki, it's a never-ending practice. It's a never-ending practice. There's always self-healing. There's always self-care. There's always time to do your spiritual practice and to incorporate that into Reiki. We don't forget about ourselves. Even if you're doing this full time, like I am, I'm constantly giving myself Reiki treatments and self-healing. I may not always do the exact positions that I did when I learned them, but I'll always place my hands somewhere and run my energy and do self-care. So it's so important. So those are the three levels, Reiki one, Reiki two, Reiki three, and then Reiki master teacher. And if you are looking for a Reiki master, what I say is they, he or she should be able to have a conversation with you unless you already know them and you're, you know, can reach out to them, have a conversation with them, connect with them. Everybody has, um, a connection on some point. So ask them some questions. What's your daily practice like? Wh who is your teacher? Are you still connected with your teacher? What, what do you do on a regular basis? How often do you hold Reiki certification classes? How often do you see, see Reiki clients? It's important to ask the questions of them. Do they run their own energy? Do they do self care? It's very important to that. I think sometimes we don't ask the questions. So if you are seeking a Reiki uh, practitioner, Reiki master teacher, those are great questions to ask them. And um, also you can always have a conversation with them. I think it's really a wonderful thing to have a conversation with them before you even book a session. If you, if you have any questions or you just want to get to know them, but get to know a little bit about their practice. I really believe that no one is perfect, right? We all know this and no healer or Reiki master teacher is, it has it all figured out. And if they say they do, run the other way and get and look for someone else because we are all working it out. We are all healing. We are all um, in a state of healing. So if you have any other questions, please let me know. Go ahead and post them. I'm going to look on my email because I did get some questions and I want to make sure that I answer them. So I'm just going to go back. Give me one second. And I'm going to check the questions as well. While I am doing that, I want everybody to know that Sunday is a full moon. It is a very powerful full moon, actually. And um, I'm going to be doing my live at five on Sunday. I won't be able to do it on Friday. So in this group, I'll make a note. It will be live, uh, I think live at five on Sunday, but not on Friday. Okay, so let me get to those questions. Hang on one second. So I see a question. Chrissy says, do we have an intention when we work on them? I do from what they ask me. So Chrissy, are you talking about the person asking an intention? I think you might be. So I'll go ahead and answer this. And then if I'm incorrect, you can, you can let me know. If a person has an intention, they can say it to themselves, but, and you can hold that intention, but for the highest good. Okay. And sometimes they won't tell you what the intention is. Is that what you mean? I think that may be what you mean. Let me see. 
Okay. Oh, here's a very interesting question, which is right up right where I'm going with this. So the question is, are distant Reiki treatments more powerful or less powerful than hands-on treatment? So this is very interesting. So distant Reiki treatments are, or what I could call virtual Reiki treatments are just as powerful as the hands-on. Now, um, they, it's, it's very interesting because a lot of it is, um, people's, it could be just people's perception, but there is much, there, a lot of, they've done a lot of data. They've done a lot of people that have received Reiki treatment virtually, right? Um, and people hands-on and they have had the very similar, if not the same effect. So there are more and more Reiki treatments done distantly um, or virtually. And so, and I do them often. So I'm doing them more and more. You'll see that I just changed. I have a, you know, I changed the heading in my group just to let everybody know that this is a real thing. Uh, people from all over the country um, will have healers or connect with different people and Reiki masters. And, and so virtual Reiki is real and does happen. Some people like to be in person. Obviously, if you're close and you want to be in person, of course, but they are just as effective. And it's on your time. It's very comfortable. It is different, but in one way, it's very easy because you can set up the conversation with your Reiki master, and then you can set up the, the whole treatment. You're comfortable in your home. And when the treatment is over, then there's usually a discussion on, on afterwards and so forth. So Chrissy said, yes, then I hold on to that. Thank you. And yes, yes. So, right. So you can ask them their intention and just hold on to just for the highest good. And if you have any private questions or you want me to answer them anonymously, just please uh, private message me or email me and I will get to those questions hopefully on air and I won't, I won't say who you are. Uh, if you are looking for some virtual Reiki, I will put the link. The link is right above. And uh, if you are local, please reach out and contact me. And so if you have not had a Reiki treatment and you're local, please reach out to me because a lot of people just are so um, still unsure what it's all about. And no matter how many live broadcasts I can do, there's nothing then you can experience it. So I hope you have a really blessed day and let's just close in Reiki blessings for all. So I'm going to place my hands out and send Reiki to all of you. So go ahead and close your eyes if you can. I'm going to send healing out to each and every person that is listening live or on the recording. And we use the Reiki principles just for today. Just for today, will not worry. Just for today, I will not be angry. Just for today, I will do my work honestly. Just for today, I will honor all living things. Just for today, I will be grateful for my many blessings. Just for today, I honor each and every one of you. Reiki blessings. May you have a blessed day and enjoy. Namaste. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening this week. Before I close, I wanted to share with you some events that I have coming up live in the Roslyn local area. All the events will be held at the Center for Wellness and Integrative Medicine, 1500 Old Northern Boulevard 
in Roslyn, New York. There are two weekday offerings in July. July 18th, a Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., I am hosting a restorative yoga and essential oils. And then July 19th, the following night, I am hosting Intro to Energy. Now, the first one on the 18th is self-sufficient. It is restorative yoga, essential oils, a two-hour workshop. It's going to feel blissful and wonderful. And you can join by calling 516-858-3095 or just reach out to me. The following night is Intro to Energy. That is more lecture. They'll be talking about what is energy, what is Reiki, what is therapeutic touch, what do we offer at the center. So both of those will be weekday offerings in the summer. Now, looking forward to the fall, I'm excited to share that I will be hosting the Intuitive Experience. The Intuitive Experience will be held at the center as well, and it will be September 29th from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. The Intuitive Experience is under the Intuitive Expo, and I will be with a panel and hosting with Dr. Pam Denton and Holly Goodwin. We will have a panel of presenters, intuitives, healers, readers, vendors. It's going to be a fantastic day from four to nine. And you can check out our tickets are already available on Eventbrite. We are also looking for vendors. So if you're a vendor and you want to share your goods in this area and arena, please reach out to me and I'll send you information. Well, I hope this finds you well. I hope you have a beautiful, pleasant day or evening. Namaste.